Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Lessons She Learned, a podcast about navigating life and all the lessons that come with that. I'm your host, Dorcas Alla, and thank you guys again for showing up for another episode. Um, I love that we have this dialogue. I love that we have this conversation, and I truly hope you guys are taking care of yourselves in um, such hard times. There is a lot going on in the world, and my hope and desire is that you guys are all taking care of yourselves and making space for yourself to um, find joy, find peace, and de-stress and relax. So I want to get straight into this episode today. This was one of the topics that I initially had written down when I first started to think about what this podcast would look like. And I wanted to do it because this is really a huge weakness for me. It's something that does not come naturally to me. It's something that I've worked really hard to even get to where I am now. And I look back at the old me and how I showed up in past relationships, and I truly knew this was something that I had to address at some point. So today's episode is Lessons She Learned in Communication. So I do want to warn everyone that even though I'm a better communicator than what I used to be, I still have a lot of work to do. All of the lessons that I give, all of the things that I discuss in this podcast are things that I'm in the process of learning. I don't think you ever really stop learning as long as I am alive and navigating and figuring out life there is going to be a lesson in that. So I'm going to continuously be evolving. Um, Like I've said before, you guys are the secret sauce. As you navigate life, your sauce just gets sweeter. So all the different lessons just add a bit more seasoning to your life. It makes the sauce taste better and richer. And as you navigate and you figure things out and you get better and improve yourself, your secret sauce is even better and even sweeter. So um, like I said, all of these things are a continued lesson. Nothing ever really stops. It's a continuous process. If I had to give myself like a score or like some sort of measurement on where I am at with my communication, like on a scale of one to 10, I would give myself like a solid seven, like a 70%. That's like a B, like a B minus, like a B minus. I still have a lot of work to do, but I think I've gotten much better than where I was. I've just had to learn so much. I've had to learn how to communicate with not letting my pride get in the way. I've had to learn that communication necessarily didn't mean I had to be defensive. It also, for me, was a really big, um, I guess, eye-opening thing where people that were trying to communicate with me weren't just trying to be nosy or to pry some people maybe but I think most of these experiences where people were trying to get me to open up or to communicate more was coming from a place of care so I had a lot of kind of just deeper um, things that needed to be resolved that were tied to my communication and I think it really was because I really had never had communication um, in a healthy way mirrored to me and not to say that around me it was negative but there really wasn't actually a concrete example I don't know if other people can relate but oftentimes in a Nigerian African home a lot of conversations that you see with parents are usually in private you don't really see kind of the communication of adults and how that should look and what it should be like and when it does happen it's usually where children are told to leave so it's quite private it's quite enclosed you're never really supposed to speak about things outside of the family there's lots of rules and uh, very strict boundaries 
boundaries on communication. So it's not that there is a negative connotation with that, but there really isn't examples of how communication should be mirrored in kind of a healthy way. So long story short, there's lots of kind of unpacking and unlearning that have to happen for me in order for me to become a better communicator. And I suspect that most of us have to do the same thing. And I would actually just say that it's probably better to, if you're thinking about if you're a good communicator, because some people are actually great, I would just assume that you have work to do. Even if you had good examples of open, safe communication mirrored to you growing up, and you've done a lot of hard work to make sure that you are, you know, open and honest and communicating with your nonverbal and verbal skills, I would probably still say that you have some work to do. Because the truth of the matter is everyone you come in contact with will have a different way of communicating. So you're always learning, like you can never quite master it. And if you are at the point where you're saying that you have mastered it, you're probably closing yourself off from other communication opportunities or communication lessons that could come your way to actually improve what you have already in store. And if you need an idea of what poor communication looks like, so maybe you're like, okay, maybe I'm not a great communicator, but I'm not a bad communicator. Um, If you have some of these things, you probably still have a lot more work to do. So for me, I really knew that I had um, some telltale signs of poor communication because it showed up as lack of boundaries in relationships, not only romantic, but non-romantic work as well. Passive aggression was a big one for me as well. Resentment, failed relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And the list can go on and on. But a lot of these things come down to the fact that you're not able to articulate or you're not able to communicate or you shut down or you build up walls that actually stop you from communicating properly. The beautiful thing about all of this is that once you start to communicate properly or you start to learn how to communicate better, you're able to really start showing up for yourself. So you're able to ask for what you want You're able to set healthy boundaries. You're able to have tough conversations. And the more you have, the better you become at having them. And you realize that it's just a muscle that needs to be flexed and built. You understand the power of both your word to yourself and others. And there's just so many numerous things that come with learning how to effectively communicate. And just as a side note, you don't have to be articulate to communicate. So you don't have to be good with words. You don't have to be a great public speaker. You really just have to understand how you communicate best. And that can be through verbal, nonverbal. It can be written. All of these types of communication have their place, but it really is important to kind of understand how you best communicate and then also how you best communicate in the relationships that are important to you. So you don't have to be the best communicator with everyone, but there are communications in certain relationships that are going to hold more weight. So you have to learn how to effectively communicate your own communication style and then what that looks like in conjunction with whoever you are in relationship with that holds some weight in your life. So I personally realized my poor communication in the current relationship that I am. So I'll give you guys a bit of a backgrounder. When I first started dating Iman, I had just come out of um, other relationships where I had never had to be held accountable. Like to put it quite frankly, 
I had been in several relationships prior to that where I don't think anyone really called me out on my mess. Like I was able to be a little problematic, probably a little toxic, and nobody really called me out on my mess. And I think it didn't get called out because I was also in relationship with people who didn't have the words to articulate what the mess was or they were just equally as messy as me. And this is not to say that there were drama-filled relationships. Like, honestly, none of them were. But we really hadn't quite cracked the code on how to actually have really open, transparent, non-confrontational, and not even non-confrontational, but like just open communication. Even if there was confrontation, being able to talk through that without it being a you know a fight or any sort of kind of aggression we hadn't quite figured that out I was the queen of avoiding tough conversations I hated it I didn't want to do it I would avoid it bury it keep it moving and that was a problem and I remember when I got in my first disagreement with Eman and as per usual my old ways of dealing with communication were still there or I shouldn't even say old they were my current ways so I didn't want to talk about it I was simply at the point where I basically was just shut up and I said I don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk about it I didn't want to talk about it and it wasn't a matter of like let's talk about it later I just simply did not want to address the issue period it made me uncomfortable it made me sad and emotional and the disagreement was I think it was super petty I think it was about someone calling someone back like it was something super super minor but it had just gotten to the point where I felt like I was being um, called out on something and I didn't like it and my response to that was to not talk about it and this is actually a little embarrassing but what I used to always do is when I would get to these situations where I didn't want to talk was I would go into defense mode and sometimes into like deflect mode where I would just simply start crying and that was my way of being like don't come for me right now like I'm crying like you should have sympathy for me feel bad for me you shouldn't be trying to have a conversation with me it's upsetting me and it was just like my way of deflecting hardcore and it is so embarrassing to think about this now because like I was a whole grown adult and like why am I bottling up at the idea of someone just trying to simply have a conversation about something that's happened just because I don't want to so this was for me like the big red flag where Um, I realized that I probably had work to do and honestly I was called out like my partner basically said you need to learn how to effectively communicate what you're doing is not healthy not helpful and is going to be the reason we don't last if you continue in this way and hearing that the weight of really realizing what it could do was an eye-opener and I thought I could probably I didn't think it was that deep until I really sat down and he said you know with your own poor communication skills you are going to ruin a good thing and I think about it now and I'm like oh my gosh yes you cannot be in relationship with somebody who effectively knows how to communicate And with somebody else who doesn't, it will consistently create anxiety. It will consistently create stress and conflict. And one person will always feel worn out because the other person 
isn't showing up or isn't leveling up as they should. So it was only a matter of time that if I didn't fix up, that this would eventually be the reason why we wouldn't work. So I got my butt in shape. (laughs) Girl, I was not trying to allow something like that be the reason why something good didn't happen. And let's be serious. If I didn't address it in this relationship, it would become an issue in another relationship. So through this kind of everything, like in my journey with communication and understanding and trying to figure some of these things out and just trying to open up a bit more, I have learned a couple of things. So the first thing that I've learned is that communication doesn't have to be natural. I was under the assumption that people that were good at being good communicators just simply had it, like they just were just better, like there was an innate talent they were born with. And I've just realized that there may be some people like that, but most people really have had to put in work. For a very long time, I leaned on the idea that this is just how I am. I'm naturally a closed off person. I don't do good with conversation. I'm just private. I'm not the person that can speak openly about things. This is just how I'm wired. That is all well and dandy if you want to be that person that is just closed off or just leans on the excuse that that's just how they are if you want to live your life on your own. But if you're trying to do life with anyone else, romantic or not, friendship, work, anything, you have to realize that the excuse of this is just how I am is not going to fly. You cannot lean on that for everything. Yes, there are different ways that we are wired, but using that as an excuse to not get better, to not improve, to not compromise, and to not try is simply going to end up with all your relationships being disastrous. Honestly and truly, if you watch Insecure, all I'm going to say is don't be like Molly because that's what it's like. So it's a muscle you have to build. You have to try. It may not come naturally, but you have to put in the work. The second lesson that I learned is that you usually will communicate freely and openly where you feel the most safe. So if you find yourself avoiding or building up walls, you're likely scared of something, whether that's something within or external, and you're possibly fearing feeling vulnerable or exposed. And I really encourage you to think about where you do feel comfortable and safe communicating and starting there. And as you start to do that, you can then to bring the, you can then bring that into other spaces, but that could be therapy, that can be with a friend or a family member. Um, it can even be with yourself. So communicating with yourself is also a valid way of practicing and getting better at being an effective communicator. So as I talk through all these next couple of lessons, I do want to also just say that I'm talking about this as being an assumption where you're in non-toxic and safe spaces because some of these things I wouldn't encourage you to do if you were up against somebody that was also toxic because communicating and opening and being vulnerable sometimes isn't the right thing to do when you're not in a space or in an environment that is conducive of that. So just please keep that in mind as I continue to kind of go through some of these other lessons. The third thing, this one was a big one because I don't think I've ever, let me think, 
this one was a big one just because I think even in media, I'd often seen tough conversations or confrontation happen with like anger and um, drama and it just not being like a, hey, let's just have a tough conversation like one-to-one. I usually saw it as something that if you're confronting someone, it would usually out of like, you know, this kind of upset rage versus confrontation doesn't actually have to be negative. A healthy relationship, familial, romantic, friendship, business will never be devoid of conflict. Like if you have a relationship where you have not experienced conflict once, please call me. I'm very curious to study and to figure out how you've done that. But most of our relationships will have some sort of conflict. But it shouldn't be negative. It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be a battle. You can voice your disagreements and communicate feeling hurt, feeling upset, feeling like you've been let down or absolutely anything else without it having to be a fight. Throw away the idea that every time you're being called out, every time you're being confronted, that it means that it has to be an argument. You should be able to communicate both positive and negative emotions or confrontation in a way that doesn't mean anger. So this one was a big one for me because, again, I hadn't seen a lot of these tough conversations mirror to me in a way that was emotionally stable. And I've gotten to the point now where I can simply say, that really upset me, or I didn't like that you did that, or you did that and this made me feel this way. And it doesn't need to be a fight. It just simply needs to be me sharing exactly how I'm feeling and confronting the situation. So you can communicate your boundaries. You can communicate how you feel. You can have confrontation with people and it not be negative. The next lesson I have is learning how to communicate with yourself is wonderful practice to be a better communicator with others. I truly, truly believe that a lot of the work that I did as a communicator came from me journaling and writing and kind of talking to myself. I'm a strong believer in self-talk. So I'm trying to get into the habit of even asking myself more often, what do I need right now. It's such a small question, but holds a lot of weight if you truly answer it honestly. It allows me to listen to my feelings and then articulate back to myself what it is that I need. So for example, I would say, what do I need right now? So I can ask myself this at any point during the day, the week, and it's just a good check-in point. Sometimes it comes back as I need rest. Sometimes it comes back as I need to just do nothing, whether that's Netflix. Sometimes it means in the middle of the workday, I need to get up out of my desk and take a walk. Sometimes it means I need joy and I need touch and I need relationship. It really can show up as different ways, but it's always a good way to kind of do a gut check and to check in with yourself and then to understand and practice how to communicate back to yourself. And the one thing I love about it, it also just helps you become a better listener. Sometimes our feelings are so quiet that we have to kind of pause and and just stop doing the busyness of life and really listen to what our body is saying, what our mind is saying. And being a better listener, practicing being a better listener just makes you a better communicator 
all around. So they both go hand in hand. And I think the practice of communicating with yourself is so, so important. And the last lesson that I have for you guys is, you know, part of communication is understanding how you best communicate and letting those you communicate with know what that is. So I'm going to say that one more time. Part of communication is understanding how you best communicate and then communicating that to the people that you are in communication with. So for me, I am a digest and pause and come back to revisit kind of communicator. When I've had a tough conversation or when there is a desire to kind of articulate how I'm feeling, I usually will pause and kind of go back and figure it out of how I'm feeling, maybe mentally write it down, just kind of figure it out, sort through it, digest it all, and then come back and address it with um, whoever I'm talking to. And usually I will tell people. So if we're in the middle of a conversation and I don't quite have um, my thoughts together, I'll say, hey, can we revisit this at another time? And be specific about it. Like, can we talk about this tomorrow? Can we talk about this later in the afternoon? I just kind of have to take some time to take this back and think about it. It is okay to say that. And in doing that is actually great communication because you're actually letting people know and setting the expectation on when you can come back and do the conversation or do the chat. So I think it's just really important to understand how you communicate, whether that's verbal or nonverbal, um, or whether that's visual or whatever that is. I think all of those different types of communication have their place, but it's just important to figure out what it is for you. So yeah, I think those are all the things that I have for you today. I hope this is a short and sweet episode. I always want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Over the last couple of weeks, I have gotten very direct messages from a few people who listen um, that have just given me confirmation that I am doing the right thing. So I just want to say thank you to those people and thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast and who shares the podcast because a lot of people that have been actually writing me have been finding out the podcast because you guys have been sharing. So please continue to share. Follow at Lesson She Learns on Instagram. If you have the time and you feel so inclined, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the podcast reach more people. And as usual, slide into my DMs. I love chatting with you guys and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye guys.